0: What it's basically
1: 80s today. hair metal without the product in it. It was just all loosey goosey. Yes.
0: yes. It's not a good haircut. But, like, David Cassidy was known as, like, literally being, like, the Timothy Chalamet of his day. And, like, it was know. embarrassing to, like, David Cassidy because he was, like, don't. the unintimidating boy.
1: Don't besmirch Tim Cham like that. Well, Jessica and Zach, from the day they were born. They started watching comedy because it was on She was a golden girl, he had Seinfeld on the brain They said a nine-year-old Fraser fan might just be insane Harry and the Hendersons, Mindy and Mork Now Jessica and Zach get together and talk They'll never say the sitcom's glory days are gone They'll still watch it because it was on Because it was on Because it
0: was on, because it was on, because it was on, on. is it too early to set up a Patreon? And I'll call it Because it Because It Was On, because it was on, because it was on, because it was
1: on. Hello and welcome to Because It Was On. We are like that fancy film podcast, but for people who would like to talk about that episode of That Girl, where Anne must sneak into the governor's house to steal a cheesecake, which she believes she baked her wedding ring into, we like to talk about the social politics and history of your favorite sitcoms uh, with varying degrees of seriousness. My name is Zach, and I bet my boss that she couldn't go one week without firing someone. So this week in the office has been nothing but a sex-fueled bacchanalia, the likes of which Lower Manhattan hasn't seen since the last time I made this bet with her two seasons ago.
0: And my name is Jessica, and I am convinced that the person sharing a hospital room with me is Cher recovering from plastic surgery.
1: That's just a matter of statistics.
0: Yes. (laughs) This Uh... is the most
1: likely thing to have happened.
0: If look, if you are in a hospital room and the person sharing that hospital room with you is a, has a bandaged up face so you cannot tell who they are and you're just going on vibes, chances are it's share.
1: And I hope you invited her to sing at prom.
0: <laughs> That's next week.
1: All right, Jessica, I'm very excited for this week because we are yes. talking about one of the and er- you know what?
0: Actually, before we get into that, i have something i need to talk to you about
1: okay hit me
0: zachary this is the third time we've tried to start this podcast because you keep coming in and out something suddenly came up and you just logged on and you are talking about the history of mesopotamian pottery zach i think i know what's going on and it's time for you to fess up you scheduled two podcast recordings on the same night didn't you
1: I'm sorry, Jessica. I really, I just made two commitments at the same time. Of course, getting messy with the messos. My other podcast, I I said I would be, I would be there with my co-host and I just didn't know what to do. I have no social skills. I don't have any boundaries. So I just said yes to all of them.
0: Well, the joke's on you, bub because I talked to Amanda from getting messy with the Messos and she and I are making a pottery-based sitcom podcast and this is it for us. You lost your chance, bub.
1: But I just learned a valuable lesson. Wow.
0: Well, Zachary, I hope that valuable lesson relates directly to the valuable lessons of the mini sitcom characters we watch this week because if you haven't guessed it by now folks we are doing a classic we are doing perhaps the most classic sitcom trip we are doing two dates to the prom baby
1: two Two dates dates to the prom night i mean this is like in the dna of sitcoms two dates at the same time
0: this is what it's about this is like the ur sitcom plot
1: What is your first, like, memory of the two dates at the same time trope? Your first introduction to it. Do you have a memory?
0: Uh, It's definitely the Brady Bunch. Specifically because there are two Brady Bunch episodes that focus on two dates to the dance. And mine is specifically the episode with Marsha. I believe it is. We're talking about the most iconic sitcom trope. That is the most iconic episode of the Brady Bunch. We were talking oh about my the God. Oh my it nose is. episode. We were talking about Big Man on Campus episode. We were talking about Something Suddenly Came Up episode. This is Brady Bunch at its peak.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, so, th- this is the first time that I saw it when doing like research for this episode. And my fucking God, I love this episode. I was cackling the way I do not often cackle at old sitcoms. Just the way that they, like, so they just like show you dead on, like, Marsha getting hit in the nose, like, out of my nose. Not only do they serve that, but then they do like an insta replay where they do it like five times in a row. (laughs) Get my mind off of it. I'll never forget that football game as long as I live
0: hey you guys
1: i don't know what the actress that played marcia did but they fucking hated that girl
0: (laughs) (laughs) although she is serving so much cunt in that episode
1: she is yeah it's very shards this is brady bunch at like the most brady bunch We are talking about...
0: We are talking about The Brady Bunch Season 4, Episode 18. The subject was noses.
1: Maybe the best episode of The Brady Bunch. It Uh, is.
0: I'm willing to go on record as this is the best episode of The Brady Bunch.
1: Yep. Just the way that they do like a little like... Oh,
0: my nose! (laughs) If you've seen The Brady Bunch movie, like the satire movie, which is based on the television show, this episode is just like 90% of it. You could just watch this episode and you have seen The Brady Bunch
1: movie You're all caught up I also Okay so I have not watched The Brady Bunch Since I was like 10 And it was like 2am on Like TV <laughs> land and Because it was on yeah, because it was on, and I'm revisiting it as an adult, and there is just so much sexual tension in that household. It's so they were uncomfortable. All
0: fucking well, like, have you heard about the behind the scenes?
1: Well, I did a lot of googling once I caught a vibe, and I'm all caught up now.
0: It was popping off backstage at the Brady Bunch. Florence Henderson, who played the mother.
1: Yeah, she, she dated Greg. She was
0: catching D's. Yeah, she dated the actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Barry Williams, <laughs> yeah, she was. Carol was catching the D left and right.
1: Yeah, and that just the way that Greg will usher Marsha on and off the set by like touching her lower back—it's just so. How did the directors let this fly every time? It's crazy.
0: We're it's groovy, baby. It is copacetic. They are they are step siblings. This is fine. Yeah, it passes. The,
1: I. Fully believe that the step-sibling category on Pornhub exists specifically because specifically of Brady Bunch.
0: because of the Brady Bunch. They yeah. did this. If they the Brady did Bunch this.
1: didn't exist, then that, that would not be an option on there. It just... <laughs> everyone was having, like, Greg and Marsha fantasies. And it, it just... The show that launched a thousand ships.
0: Yeah. On, like, I feel like, honestly... You could do, like, a Brady Bunch-themed OnlyFans today, and that shit would pop off.
1: Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I just do, like, like, a porn parody?
0: There are not many, like, sitcoms that I think you could do, like, could translate to OnlyFans. I think the Brady Bunch could.
1: It's normally you're flying solo on OnlyFans, so do you think it would just be, like, a series of wigs?
0: No, I mean, there's people <laughs> who do channels together. A lot of couples okay. do channels together.
1: OK. So just like still a series of wigs, but, but you got one of you, you are, one, of, uh, one of you is three lovely boys, one of you is three lovely girls.:
0: <laughs> Yes, but you're, the, you're only the older children who are of age yeah, yeah, yeah. while shooting the show. Yeah, don't yeah, be yeah. weird. Yeah, don't be yeah. weird. Only fans.
1: Keep it clean. <laughs> all right, we've definitely let you know about one of the episodes. <laughs> Sorry, we couldn't contain it. Like I, I couldn't
0: contain it. I couldn't contain it. That because that was my first introduction to two dates in one night. I still use something. Suddenly came up all of the time. Yes. Um, so
1: in this episode, she's like, Marsha has committed to two dates at the same time because big man on campus said yes. And then, like, some schmuck, she also said yes to him. And so she's like, Oh God, how do I unload the schmuck? And Greg is like, You just gotta say this line, this magic line. And it's something <laughs> came up. And I that's fully so believe scary. that's a constitutional goddamn right to just be like, Something came up, and then no follow up questions are allowed. If somebody asks you a follow-up question to something come up, you're allowed to mace them.
0: Yeah, yep. If you need to break a date with the guy you met on Hinge, let me in on your little secret for you guys. Something suddenly came up.
1: Yeah, our other show that was very similar to this was the Partridge Family episode. Yeah, the same damn thing. Yeah, season four, episode six. A lot of sexual tension in that show as well. A very horny show. <laughs> but yeah,
0: everybody's horny for David Cassidy.
1: It was uncomfortable how this like 39 year old man was just like rolling in. he looked like just a like a sewer rat in skinny jeans. Like <laughs> with a five o'clock shadow. And he's like, hey Becky mate do you want to go to the sock hop
0: you were talking about like the OG, like a non-threatening boy
1: he's a very threatening boy i was threatened by this boy
0: <laughs> what by david
1: cassidy he had he's like a concerned. five o'clock shadow and like he had like a dead rat on his head he had like a rat mullet
0: i'm sorry but you're wrong I... David Cassidy was the Timothy Chalamet of his time.
1: I don't believe that's true. He was a bad boy.
0: No, he absolutely was not. Like, the joke was that he was not.
1: I don't know anything about the Partridge family. I think this might have been the first episode I've ever seen of the Partridge family, and that man was, like, 40 years old, and he <laughs> looked like Chris Hansen was about to come out at any moment and, like, <laughs> give him some iced tea. It was... I was worried for all the people in here. I was worried for the mom.
0: I definitely think he was in his twenties when he filmed that. It would have been—he was born in 1950. That aired in 1973,
1: so he was 23.
0: He was 23. Yes, I mean, I believe it. People just looked older. They, like, people just looked older back in the day. Like Gen like, Z, I've seen years. like
1: Gen Z people today with that haircut. and They don't look fucking like that.
0: <laughs> no, because it, no, it's not the same haircut. This is a, this is like an, like a predecessor to like the 80s hair metal look. It's a 70s shag. It's not quite.
1: It's basically 80s today. hair metal without the product and it. it was just all loosey-goosey. Yes.
0: yes, it's not a good haircut, but... Like, David Cassidy was known as, like, literally being, like, the Timothy Chalamet of his day. And, like, it was know. embarrassing to, like, David Cassidy because he was, like, don't. the unintimidating boy.
1: Don't besmirch Tim Cham like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just telling, I'm calling the facts as I see them. All right, I- Mr. David Cassidy has two dates to the beach party. He has uh, a date with the girl next door and a date with the girl of his dreams. And he ditches the girl next door to go after the girl of his dreams. He tells the girl next door, I'm sick. Turns out they figured out what he's up to, jokes on him, girl next door is coming through with some soup and keeping him from his dream date that he never was gonna get to go on anyway because those girls found out.
1: So these two episodes together are interesting because they both present to Marsha and uh, poor man's Tim Chan. What is his name? Keith Partridge and Marsha. The show tells them and the audience that if you make a commitment on, for a date, then you better fucking go on that date. It does not fucking matter if you get a better offer. It doesn't matter if you are fucking drafted. You go on that date. It is a matter of honor. (laughs) It's a matter of just common fucking courtesy. And I thought that this was very quaint and sweet from like a simpler time. Because God knows in the age of like dating apps, it's just Mad Max out there. And like... Like, people will, like, literally just, like, meet me at Grand Central Station, wear a yellow hat, and then, like, you never hear from them again. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about that? Do you agree with Carol Brady's assertion that it it would be immoral of Marcia to just drop the the schmuck and go with the big man on campus because she got a better offer for that Saturday? (laughs) Or do you think that, Uh... like... Something came up is valid.
0: Honestly, Marsha, she's like 16, 17 years old. She is hot fucking shit. She is the HBIC. She fucking runs that school and she knows it. She says, okay, hair down to there, mini skirt on point. All these boys want to get with me. Marsha, run the fucking school. Cancel the date. Fuck him.
1: Yeah. Just do it do whatever you want, girl. Be,
0: yeah, be... literally you are young, dumb and the hottest girl in fucking school.
1: I'm curious though Cancel if the this, date I'm curious if this was like a rule of etiquette from like a simpler time or if this was just like a product of television. Like would you be like considered genuinely as the characters on this show seem to imply that you are like literally a bad person? Like the youngest Partridge in the Partridge family like calls calls Keith like dirt.
0: <laughs> I do think there's like a uh, like especially when we get to the like through these teen shows, um, so shows that have this sort of two dates and one night theme as it relates to teens, there is, like, a heavy amount of moralizing. Like, it is trying to teach them a moral lesson. So I do think there's this element of, like, social politeness that is going on here of you are supposed to go out with the person you had the date with first, and that is social politeness. But I do also think that, like, when you look at a lot of these episodes, what ends up happening is that the more like the person with whom the other person, so Marsha made the date with the one kind of nerdy guy and then big man on campus asked her out and big man on campus ends up being a jerk. Alex P. Keaton has a date with the prom committee girl because the girl of his dreams turned him down and next day girl of his dreams and she ends up being kind of a jerk. Right. I think the whole point of it ends up being that, you know, beauty isn't everything and your dream date might not actually be your dream date. So you need to take care uh, with who you're dating and you need to be highly selective teenagers as you are beginning to venture into this world of dating such that you are not fixated alone on the exterior package and you are really thinking about who it is that you're actually dating. There, I think that's a big part of the message.
1: That 100% is a huge part of the Brady Bunch episode with Marsha because television always has like a much bigger emphasis for women to not be shallow. And you yeah. see that like Marsha's whole plot is to teach her to be less shallow and they so the universe like hits her with a football so that she's temporarily quote ugly and like the big man on campus like sees her and cancels the date saying like turning the tables on her and saying something came up and so it's like really teaching her like hey don't judge a book by the cover this cover don't there's
0: so much to unpack with it (laughs) Yeah, too. because the fact that this man saw her with a broken nose, that is like a temporary problem. He was like forever. Just like I'm out.
1: I don't know. Sometimes that shit sticks. Sometimes it doesn't set right <laughs> <laughs> until he saw her out of like fully healed and he knew that the bones were healing. Right. Yeah. He it's just he it. no,
0: It's just like no sense of like object permanence. Among this man,
1: yeah, audacity (laughs) will come back. The audacity of this man. So he sees her within thirty seconds. He's like, "Fuck that!" Something came up, (laughs) and then like he's walking past her on the quad, and he sees that she's healed. He's like, "Oh, hey, you healed? Okay, cool. You want our our date back?" (laughs) There's
0: just like, there's no sense of long game with this man. He is all about the here and the now. But I I do think, like, the point you were making is actually a broader one that I do want to discuss. If we take a look at our shows in aggregate, right, especially the ones that deal with teens, the Brady Bunch, the Partridge Family, and Family Ties, this theme of my first date that I was going to go out with is pleasant enough and I'm attracted to them. But the second one that comes along is the real knockout. And so I leave my first date to go with the second one. In all three of them, I do think that there is this lesson learned of, like, the first person is the the true better match. In the Brady Bunch, we see this with Marsha and the guy that she was going to go out with initially because he continues to be interested in her and follow up with her even after she had broken her nose. And in Family Ties, after alex takes two girls to the dance he and he gets found out he tells the initial girl that he was going with that you know the whole time he had thought he wanted to go with the total knockout but once he got to the dance he realized i just wanted to spend time with you it's true love
1: hey what was the theme for the prom
0: let's hold on put a pin in it because we're gonna light the motherfucker up I got, okay. I'm gonna finish I'm gonna finish my point and then we'll come to our favorite pastime, like our new favorite pastime, <laughs> which is fuck Alex P. Keaton. Going back to the point, like what I do think is that, that theme is present in all of them. What I do think is in all of the two dates to the prom episodes that we've done, only one of them features a woman or a girl who has two dates. This is the Brady Bunch episode. And I do think that what is important is you already hit on, Television wants to teach young women about not being shallow. And I think that's true. But I think with Marsha, they are also telling her not to be so vain. And it is a lesson in vanity as well. That the boys don't have to suffer. Marsha has to learn the lesson that you are only to many men, you are only as valuable as your looks and you were so vain about caring about the way that you looked so that certain men would find you attractive. But if you were to let your guard, not let your guard down, but if you were to look a little bit further and a little bit deeper beyond your own beauty and your own self-absorption to the people who are around you who like, quote-unquote, like you for you, you would see the great guy just standing there waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Very specific message that I think... We only give young women.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's again and again you get that. It's we've talked a lot about the the like blind guy trope also like really leans in on this for whatever reason. when sitcom writers sit down around a table, they feel as though one of their main messages is to make make American women less vain to lower their standards <laughs> for physical yeah. beauty
0: that's exactly how i felt as i watched the brady bunch episode is like this was it just felt so clearly written to me by a guy who didn't get to date the pretty girl in high school and wanted to teach her a lesson
1: yeah this is like there is so much like one of the like ongoing thing like if this goes for like this uh, podcast goes for like several years and it gets super popular and like we're doing like book deals. (laughs) One of the books that I really think could be made about like sitcoms is like how sitcoms helped create the incel movement and like really taught American men how to think about women and what they are owed by women and what they feel women owe them. Where, like, because again and again you see on television this, like, uh, trope that you see in the Marsha episode where women, it is like a cardinal sin for a woman to have, like, physical desires based off of appearance that this is something that a woman is obliged to give up and swear off like it in so she gets like this biblical punishment of like being struck down by a football in order to take away her beauty take away her power um so that she can learn this lesson and, and she can learn that she needs to find the nice guy and that the nice guy is valuable and so this has certainly has a message that uh, impacted lots of women but it impacted lots of boys as well about what the world owes them and it's not just this one episode it's just again and again you see this shit. it's in like all teen media up mm-hmm. until like today <laughs> like you still see it
0: you're right if only i'm the nice guy who continues to carry her books and tells her she's pretty even when she has the broken nose. I don't care
1: about your she'll broken nose. She'll notice me.
0: I'll, she'll see that I'm worthy. And I deserve her. That's absolutely the message. And it, yeah, it just reeks. The entire thing reeks of men who never got to go out with the hottest girl in school in high school and are bitter about it. Yeah. And feel the need to demean her and take her down. And I double check. The episode absolutely was written by men. Written by three men. Yeah. Obviously.
1: <laughs> I big surprise. It I've mentioned it before, but Contra points videos on incels, which is extremely good. Anyone should watch it. It it just like helps you understand like gender politics today so well. But when she's going through like the sort of like themes of this like culture of incels, she part of like the fantasy of in cells, is that like the shallow, pretty woman is going to eventually age and not be pretty more and be worthless to society, and uh, this is going to be like her comeuppance. It's actually much more vulgar than that. I use a lot of like really dehumanizing language, but that's basically the gist of it. Like her losing her because she's had so much sex, she loses her value and she's no longer pretty, that kind of thing. And this is really like them just fantasizing for the football to hit the marshes of the world. (laughs) And for like, this is going to be how we get the marshes and, or at least punish the marshes. It's all, it all comes back to the pretty bunch. And again, you just don't see this with the boys. In fact, I watched the brady bunch episode where peter does the double date does the double switcheroo his is a lot more wacky because he meets in school first of all before i get into this <laughs> we need to talk about another conspiracy here because it the links i had to go through to find this goddamn episode this is
0: wild there isn't so there is a second brady bunch episode where they do two dates in the same night god bless them God bless Brady Bunch for being like we're doing it again. We're running it back. They One are playing by Three's company rules.
1: Yeah. We're running it. it back. Three's <laughs> company, they did it every fucking season.
0: <laughs> every fucking season. They were like, "You know what's a great bit? Two dates to the prom." Yeah. Uh, they were just running it back. And so Brady Bunch said, "Let me hit it again. Run it back." And so Two Peters in a Pod, which airs in the last
1: season of the Brady yeah. Bunch. Season 8, episode 5, Two Peters in a Pod they i could not find this fucking episode anywhere it does
0: not exist
1: i just had like a fistful of cash and I was like waving it in front of the internet like take my money i want to see this episode (laughs) and it wasn't on any platform that had like brady bunch on it it would just go from like episode 17 episode 19 and they would just skip
0: episode 18 it wasn't there and, and I just blame Jeff Bezos. It's Bezos. <laughs> it, I mean, clearly, Peter must have formed a union. Yeah,
1: he episode. basically unionized with his doppelganger. So, <laughs> and then Jeff Bezos was like, that's too uh, subversive. Scrub it. Scrub yeah. it from the internet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't have that.
1: And I genuinely, now, one thing that, like, during researching this show, um, every episode, I get more and more invested in... The idea that there is genuinely like a cultural crisis happening where like so much of our culture is like disappearing through inaccessibility of just like a corporation has decided for whatever reason that it's just not worth it to post content or make the content accessible. And so it's just like chunks of her culture are just disappearing into the ether. That you I couldn't, can't get
0: Murphy Brown.
1: <laughs> I could not legally watch this episode. I had to pirate it. And th- seriously, there needs to be like legislation on this. Like someone needs to act. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm a single issue voter. And <laughs> it's that who, whichever candidate is going to like make it a law that you have to, like, every piece of content, you have to find some streaming service to put it on. (laughs) Specifically, one of the ones that I subscribe to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, my You actually watched the episode. I did not have time because we found it 15 minutes before recording, or thereabouts. My theory on... My theory on why it was inaccessible is that it takes place at a dance and there was probably some issue with the rights to the music.
1: It, it was, was, there, there isn't even a dance. It didn't happen. Okay, so let's, oh, let me, no. no, let me take you through two Pete's in a pod. So, Peter, the middleest brother, he, is he the middleest brother?
0: He's the middleest brother. Yeah, he yeah. is the
1: middleest brother because there's that serial killer little kid. Can you <laughs> so, name
0: all the Brady's?
1: No, I cannot. Carol and Mike are the parents and then Alice, Perfect. of course. And yes. then you got so Marcia.
0: You would absolutely start with the adults. <laughs> that is yeah. the most exact way to start naming Brady Bunch characters.
1: You got Marsha. And oh my God, I got the one. I can't, what's the name of the one that says Marsha? That's Jan. Jan. And then I'm going to go Sally. What's oh, the little so girl's close. name? You're so close. You're so close. Sam? Sammy? Oh, you're
0: so close with the sounds. sound.
1: Susie. Cindy. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got Peter, Greg, and you just told me this time, I but...
0: just told you.
1: And then you got little Jeffrey Dahmer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you call him little Jeffrey Dahmer?
1: Didn't they have, like, late season, there was another kid that they had? Uh,
0: cousin Oliver.
1: Oh, Cousin Oliver. That's who I'm thinking that looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. What? Yeah. No, he
0: looks like the guy who sings Colorado Rocky Mountain High. Who
1: John Denver. Like,
0: he looks like John Denver. He
1: does look like John Denver, but they both look like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, speaking of doppelgangers, <laughs> Peter's going to school, and he meets the new student who is looks exactly like Peter, except he's wearing uh, Rachel Maddow glasses. And so they're like oh man we should play pranks on all of our family and so when doppelganger peter is running through the house just eating pie making commitments all kinds of things just doing hijinks it's actually a pretty lame prank because they don't tell anyone and he doesn't do anything he just like lives (laughs) his life normal like nobody could tell the difference (laughs) He just, like, eats a pie and then helps, um, I'm going to say Jan with her homework. And then he leaves. Pretty lame-ass prank. But while he's there, Mike has, like, some work person that has a daughter coming into town. And says, hey, Peter, will you show her a good time while she's in? I'm guessing that this was, like, a different time sort of thing. can't just like a little
0: child gigolo
1: like hey you got a 12 year old you want to like set up our kids for a date and
0: you
1: want to
0: show her a good time Pete? yeah
1: and so not peter says yeah i'll do that and <laughs> then he leaves and um peter has already said yes to big girl on campus and wacky shenanigans ensue and so what happens for this is this is crazy So not only did Mike be like, Hey, you're going to show my work friend's daughter a good time, but you're going to do that alone in the house with her. (laughs) You just take her back to the den and you make sure she has a good impression.
0: (laughs) In the den.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's doing that. And then he gets like a not Peter to like, take care of, to take care of like the work friend's daughter. Well, he goes on the costume party date where he's dressed as Dracula, but the date shows up early so they don't have to build another set. And <laughs> so like Peter at first has to run back and forth because not Peter isn't there yet. Good. He's running late. Good. And so he has to like go in and out of his Dracula costume and he does the classic thing of like forgetting he has the Dracula hair on. And so, yeah, that, that's basically what happens in that episode. Anyways, there's no real episode, like, lesson on this one, because the parents, like, catch them, and then they're like, all right, whatever. I had to goofy <laughs> thing you did today.
0: <laughs> you little goofball.
1: You just, but they rip, they rip into Marsha later.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. They are, again, the... Like it, there's probably no lesson learned unto Pete. He was thrust into the situation.
1: Yeah, he he didn't make that commitment. That was not Peter that did that.
0: How did we, I'm sorry? How did he meet this doppelganger?
1: He was just a new kid at school. Classic. Yeah, they have a romantic arc in the last season.
0: Oh, you love yourself, right? Yeah, you can't yeah. love yourself.
1: It's one of those gay couples that just like look like each other. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. So. What can we learn by comparing these two? Peter didn't have to learn anything. He just had a good time. And with Keith Partridge, similarly, he was punished for being dishonest. And they did think that it was shitty of him to, like, not want to get rid of the unwanted girl. And to, like, date big girl on campus. But... Like, he, like, finds another date for her, which alleviates his conscience. But
0: but that is, like, classic. The have to find an, a, a, the substitute date is yeah. a classic element of the two dates to the dance trope.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just doing, like, your Indiana Jones, like, wha
0: Yeah, we are just swapping the idol with the sandbag.
1: Yeah, because our next episode, cheers, they do this.
0: Wait, do we want to hold on? Do we want to light up Alex B. Keaton first?
1: Alex P. Keaton, let's go.
0: Did you end up watching the episode or is this just a me thing?
1: I did not. I watched the Peter one instead. <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted by trying to find it and I was not going to admit defeat.
0: I mean, I love to hate Alex B. Keaton. Let me tell you about this episode. One, Alex P. Keaton is head of the prom committee. And we start out the episode. This is just so classic family ties. This is just so pure essence of family ties. And we start out this episode within the first couple of lines. I learn that their prom theme is fucking slavery. Like their prom theme is gone with the wind southern plantation. They say, gee, this gym sure is going to make a beautiful plantation house. I can almost see it now. What is it, Alex B. Keaton's snap. idea?
1: Well, he's head of the prom committee, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out it is the girl that is also head of the prom committee. Rachel's on the prom committee with him. And it is Rachel's idea to do Gone with the Wind. He wanted to do sunsets over Wall Street. Again. <laughs> Classic <laughs> cook and Alex B. Keaton sunsets over wall street but it's better than fucking
1: antebellum south
0: (laughs) but they landed on antebellum fucking south and so their theme is goddamn plantations and they do the like atrocious trope of like a hot girl is wearing glasses and therefore is not hot because he's with this girl rachel who is on the prom committee with him and is obviously like 10 out of 10 smoking hot and she's dropping all these hints that she wants to go to prom with alex and alex is just like running right past all of them can't be bothered and then the girl of his dreams comes in and this is my goddamn hero it is muffy fucking temperament
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) it is fucking jamie gertz love her if you don't understand Muffy Temperman, that is a reference to Square Pegs, a podcast favorite show. Square Pegs. I don't
1: want to <laughs> wear my
0: glasses. I have to. Wear I my have glasses. to wear my glasses, and it is a. It, she pops up on the scene, and Alec goes to ask her out, and she dresses this man down. I would never go to the prom with you when I could go with Snake. Or whatever the fuck her Hawkeye boyfriend name is. <laughs> Why would I ever think about going with you? you? She humiliates him. She makes him feel like the short king he is not. And love her. This is a great moment in sitcom history.
1: It hope is completely she, undone. I hope she like gets on Snake's motorcycle.
0: <laughs> Just ride. <laughs> I'm running away from this place. So... They end their, or they, they end that conversation. He goes and does more prom planning with Rachel and in it, they have to practice dancing because they're prom leaders. And then he realizes, wow, even though she has glasses, she's kind of hot. And so he invites Rachel and we get the classic juggling the two dates at the prom because the next day turns out snake can't go to the prom and girl of his dreams is like fine i'll go to prom with you she's not into it and she's also the hero that thinks southern plantation is a bad theme for prom she mentions it multiple times in the episode that like hey this is like a bad theme so she's the hero we all needed in this episode well she
1: specifically like it this is racist as fuck (laughs)
0: This is family ties, so no yeah no um, and so he does this whole thing in coordination with his like inexplicably supportive in cell friend to fool these two girls into prom. He eventually gets caught out and in classic family ties fashion, classic family ties fashion. I'm gonna give you one guess what happens at the end, Zachary they reconcile
1: they reconcile, yeah.
0: They reconcile at the end Uh, and Alex gets his girl. He gets the nerd that he decided was hot.
1: After further reflection, I deem you hot. Therefore, (laughs) I've learned a lesson.
0: (laughs) Therefore, I've learned a lesson. Family ties.
1: It's just you are going to need to get contacts.
0: Yeah, we're not doing glasses again. Yeah. Thank you for taking those off for the prom. That makes you really hot. I would not like to see those on again. And we can be together. Sorry. I ruined your prom.
1: One of the things that we really didn't cover in our generation series that I feel like really impacts the psychology of previous generations is there was a time in American culture when like removing your glasses and oh my God, she's pretty had real emotional weight to it. And that has to do something to the brain. <laughs> like when you're doing a walk to remember and she like <laughs> takes off her ponytail and takes off her thing and the music's playing, it's like, oh my gosh, she's pretty. <laughs> that's not, that's right up there with like lead in the gasoline for like, it's a piece <laughs> of the puzzle.
0: <laughs> it is part of the map. Yep. It is part of the map, babe. I wish it were that easy. I would love that for me if I could just I'll start wearing glasses so that when I take them off, people are like,
1: who is she? You're beautiful to me. (laughs) That's my schmuck. Well, I have learned a valuable
0: (laughs) lesson about the the, that I don't actually need to. I don't actually need to value my appearance. Thank you. But I'll still be beautiful. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Schmuck. um
1: so did I ever tell you about my high school's production of The Importance of Being Earnest?
0: No. I'm ready for this, babe. Let's go.
1: Okay, cuz you know about my theater teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I do. She decided that she didn't she was sick of just like doing vanilla ass plays. So she was going to do like X title with a twist. That's what she was on. And what she decided she was going to do for the importance of being earnest is there weren't enough slaves. And she said, we're going to do the importance of being earnest, but we're going to put it in Antebellum South. And so it was like hoop skirts. And I painted, listen, if you want to cancel me this over, fair game. Because I spent several Saturdays helping like the crew paint the plantation in the black backdrop. Like we (laughs) painted a big plantation house. Like, (laughs) so that's real that happened. Um, Well,
0: here's what I'm thinking. You were your school was obviously not being forward thinking or frugal and they did not just take that backdrop. Boom. Prom theme.
1: Yeah, that would have been like reduce, reuse, recycle. Um, (laughs) Oh, you know, what it, was, you know what it was, though? You know what it was?
0: Let's
1: do it. <laughs> I only just realized... <laughs> oh, my prom theme was... Or, what was the wording? It was Oriental something. <laughs> I can't remember. It was, like, Oriental night or something. They gave us, like, a grab bag of Chinese candy. No. <laughs> No!
0: How many actual like Chinese people went to your high school? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hold on. Um, I, can, I can read you, because I have a little prompting right here. Nope, they <laughs> wisely decided that they weren't going to put it on the actual merch. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so... anyways.
0: Oh.
1: So, we did courts of Being Earnest, but it was Antebellum South. But... Everyone thought that idea was stupid, so all the actors did British accents anyways. And so it was just very confusing and strange. (laughs) (laughs) But we did change all the city names to, like, Charleston and Greenville.
0: Like, are you really going to deny the opportunity for high school thespians to be able to do a British accent?
1: Yeah, like, that, honestly, that was They will not be cruel. denied.
0: They will not be
1: denied. Like, they had been watching Monty Python, like, backwards and forwards. That's, here, like, what forward. they
0: live for. They live to do the British accent.
1: It's the first accent you get when you, like, open the, like, actor skill tree, is you get the British <laughs> accent.
0: <laughs> they were just talking like that to each other at fucking Steak and Shake anyway. Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is true
0: (laughs) just insufferable for like four hours posted up at the steak and shake
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. for us it was uh, a mexican restaurant called la hacienda where they must have fucking hated us because they (laughs) would like it was just chips and we kept ordering salsa
0: Oh no! And sometimes queso. Oh, no.
1: So it'd be like five, maybe five dollars would be our bill, but we'd be there for like ten hours. <laughs> like, just no. doing Monty Python bits mostly.
0: Yep, yep. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yep.
1: Well, he that was a prom. fun detour. Fun, fun detour. <laughs> what was your prompting? Um... thing?
0: There's no way I can remember. I think one might have been under the sea. A classic.
1: Oriental stars. <laughs> that's a, that's what it was. Okay.
0: There's no way that I remember. I I did not have two dates to prom, but both proms I went to, I went. My my date was a gay man. I reused my sister's prom dresses. I did not give a shit about prom.
1: Yeah, I got a free tux both times because I made a deal with like the tux shop owner who supplied our tuxes for importance of being earnest and <laughs> said, I said, I'll give you uh, a free tux if you one day wear a tux to school and you hand out my business cards. So I was like, all right, and? yeah. Did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I did it. did it both years. <laughs> it's
0: like, okay, what? you were getting paid.
1: Yeah, I wasn't paying for shit. I just had to pay for the shoes was the thing. So I was like 40 bucks.
0: <laughs> and I bet you reused those puppies for every interview. <laughs> <laughs> this day.
1: Yeah, they're made out of plastic and just, like, too shiny. Yep. <laughs> yep. <Just> like, I'd <laughs> like to be the manager of this Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sir, those shoes look excellent. Hired.
1: Yeah, they, like, clack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're not non-slip. They are extra slip.
1: Yeah, You could, like, shove me, me and I'd go, like, ten feet. <laughs> All right, what are we doing? All right, two dates to prom.
0: So we talked, Zach, a lot about teenagers having two dates in one night. Uh, I'm interested if we have any adult properties that broach this topic and how they differ.
1: Well, I chose to, from my research for this, I dipped heavily into a sitcom that I forgot used to be one of my absolute favorites. And that is Three's Company. I
0: fucking love Three's Company. Love it. We've been working for a while to figure out how to get Three's Company into this show. It has been on our to-do list for a long time. Fucking love it.
1: I've mentioned before, like, my sister's... uh, My sister and I's arrangement that for certain shows, I would... I would call her in if it came on. And... I, I always bring it up, even though I'm aware it's not a particularly interesting fact. And it's because it's like I have loving response to me. Like, I heard the Threes Company theme song, and I, like, wanted to be like, Jessica, Threes Company's on!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we gotta get more Threes Company in this podcast. Like, I, I think we could do, like... I don't know, maybe it's a mini-sode on whether Jack Tripper was good for the gay community.
1: That is interesting. You know what? What's funny is I thought for the longest time when I was younger that Three's company, like the the premise was that he was actually gay. I don't really know what I thought was going on.
0: I don't know how you missed so much. (laughs) I guess
1: I thought he was just really committed to the bit
0: cuz like um, they go they make pains to be like jack fucks
1: yeah i what i think i thought is it was reversed and like he was gay <laughs> and he had to keep that a secret from the landlord <laughs> and i would just sort of make that work and what's <laughs> fun about that is com- and combining that with i used to think that brock came out as gay in Reba, is I was living in a world where we were actually pretty good with like representation. <laughs> like, yeah, all the way back in the amount. 70s, there was a gay character in like a top A very,
0: up. yeah, a very popular sitcom, beloved actor.
1: Yeah, I don't know why Brokeback Mountain such a big deal.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for a long time. No. I love the world you live in.
1: Yeah, it was Rose Colored Glasses. <laughs> i love it because it's, it's a very british show and like it's like the way it's constructed where it's just like one of yeah, those it's
0: just a comedy of errors
1: comedy of errors like it's always based off of an understanding which is very british yeah. and like it's a based off of
0: door of entries and exits
1: it's based off of a british sitcom called man about the house
0: i do think when we get around to the episode on the brunette three's company works
1: three's, three's company, company is, is
0: like one. most of it
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, Poor Janet. But for Three's Company, like I said, they do it every season, almost, like a double date situation. The one I focused on was, let's see, season eight, episode five, Three's Company, called, I don't know what it's called. What happened? (laughs) But it... Jack gets a date with a big girl on campus uh, who he's been trying to get a date with for a long time. This is definitely part of the trope where like the really prized woman you finally get a date with her. Yeah. Because it like raises the stakes you know.
0: Big girl on campus.
1: But then he remembers that he had already told Janet that he would go out with like her heretofore never heard of (laughs) best friend. And so he's like, "Oh crap! What are we gonna do?" And so he chooses to resolve the situation by getting a Larry, who is the stock piece of shit character, and be like, "Hey, you pretend to be me, and go on the date." And so shenanigans ensue. It very threes company like misunderstanding, and he gets caught, and then everybody like lines up to beat the shit out of him.
0: I, I watched. I also did extra credit and I watched a completely different two dates on the same night episode and from season three <laughs> where Jack finally gets the date with the big girl on campus, but he had already made a date with the girl next door. And so he tells the girl next door he's sick. And then she comes over to baby him because he's sick but then twist he actually gets sick midway through the episode and so then the girls think he's pulling a big old trick on the the girls that he was supposed to go on a date with and he's like it's not a trick i'm sick and shenanigans ensue
1: yeah always shenanigans with three's company it's three's company is not afraid of double dipping into a trope
0: Triple it's dipping, like, quadruple dipping. It's like, dipping. Ch-
1: it's tropes all the way down, but I still, I fucking love it.
0: It somehow <laughs> works for them, because it feels very self-aware.
1: Yeah, because it's like, you can always, you know, like, the momentum is that they are going, it's very, almost Seinfeldian, in that you know, sort of the structure of what's going to happen. In Absolutely. The episode. Like, there's a center of gravity that you're always falling into.
0: (laughs) You know what the vibe is? You know what the vibe is with Three's Company and their tropes? It's like, you know how sometimes you go see, like, like, a local band and... No, better metaphor. You go to see, like, your favorite artist and they just keep wanting to play their new stuff? Fuck that. Three's Company is when you go to see your favorite artist and they know that you want the hits and they are fucking proud to give them to you they're putting yeah. the showmanship into these is my one album that popped off and i know y'all don't give a fuck about new music i'm about to serve you what the children came for and i love it that is the energy threes company is giving
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you buy a ticket to the ballet, you came to see a ballet. You did not come to see, like, a rock concert, you know? (laughs) Like, you were looking for certain things.
0: Yes, exactly. It's like when, like, there are certain artists who, like, don't play their big song because they're, like, sick of playing it. Three's Company, we're going to play it for you four times in this concert.
1: Yeah. I (laughs) a digression on a digression. I watched an interview with Jerry Seinfeld where he was, like... He was really defending the idea that he always used recycled material for his, his, like, performances, which is other comedians kind of look down on. And he was like, listen, it's an expensive ticket. Don't you want to go to see something that you know you like? <laughs> <laughs> which I, I thought mean... was very charming. It's very Seinfeldian.
0: I mean, yeah. It's, he, he's thinking about the, he's thinking about the ticket holder's value.
1: Yeah. you bought the ticket because you like me so i'm gonna do the things that made you like me
0: (laughs) honestly Uh, i like that's the most i've related to seinfeld ever
1: yeah like i don't want to think you're (laughs) new (laughs) shit
0: yeah right nobody's interested in that and then the other adult one that we have is cheers and boy howdy what an episode
1: what an episode great episode of cheers
0: great episode of Cheers. So Cliffy. Cliff is
1: so fucking cute.
0: Cliff, Cliff. is very sweet, and yeah, you just realize as the series, like as you, the series goes on, Cliff is just gets abused in this bar every day. <laughs> but he does it to himself too. Cliff it wins Postman of the Year along with like like three hundred other people, and so Cliff is Postman of the Year, and as such, he gets to go to the post postman's gala and cliff only knows three women in his whole life he knows his mother he knows diane and he knows carla and of course it pops into his head immediately that i should ask diane to go to the ball with me he records not records but he prepares a cute little speech to give her which is just like i'd be honored if a classy woman such as you would accompany me strictly as friends no funny business i swear please go with me and unfortunately something suddenly came up for diane she can't go she's got cheese club
1: yeah yep
0: and to be honest cheese club is the priority
1: Yep, and either that or going to the postman's gala yeah i'm going to eat some cheese (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm going to eat some cheese with my friends who are definitely not going to, like, breathe heavily on my neck.
1: Also, Uh, you got to admire always how, like, involved in the community sitcom characters are. They are out uh, there every night. Yes,
0: they're out there. They're, like, they're doing stuff in the community. Yeah. Every night. They are part of clubs and part of organizations. They set a very high expectation for, like, what adult social life actually looks like
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) like
0: i'm part of nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah he she's got cheese club she says no so then his only other option is carla and carla doesn't care too much for cliff if you're just signing up to cheers and he goes and he asks her and god bless carla because she gets the bag Carla leaves this episode a fucking winner. The
1: VCR, she gets a big screen TV, <laughs> which back then was probably like eighteen inches,
0: and a dress, <laughs> yeah, and shoes. Like Carla made out, so Cliff asks her, and she extorts him into giving her a big or a VCR in exchange for going with him. Fair enough, fucking trade. She's got to give up a shift for you to go to this postman's ball. So all right. You want to take her so bad? Go ahead. And then, oh, wouldn't you know it, right away after that happens, turns out Diane decided she would do Cliffy a solid and go to the ball with him. And so now Cliff's got two dates to the ball, Diane and Carla. Whatever will he do? And we get a resurgence of a trope that we saw in Three's Company, which is, well, you just got to get Carla a different date and so that's what he does Cliff shows up with this absolute fucking loser of a date for Carla and to get her to even go with him she gets a big screen TV she gets her dress bought she gets her shoes bought mama is getting the bag and so as the date unfolds Carla actually really hits it off with this date that she has with Cliff her and the date are making out in the back seat. but then Carla puts some things together and she realizes that Cliff asked Diane to the ball first and Carla was his backup. And so she chooses at this point to exact her revenge, which is a fucked up revenge, Carla. This is fucked up because she tells Cliff that Diane's into him and that Cliff should make a move.
1: I like how your reaction is like you didn't watch the episode. No, I, you're very good at like doing recaps. Like you, you give it a lot of sauce.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you guys what happened. Okay. And she says, Cliffy, baby, make a move. Diane is into you because Cliff hit her where it hurts. Cliff hit her in the Diane. And that is a sensitive spot for Carla. And Cliff believes Carla and he puts the moves on Diane. He gently caresses her shoulder and sings Misty to her. At which point, Diane loses her shit because she was promised a very, like, no romantic, funny business, friends only experience. Cliff has broken that deal. She kicks his ass out the car and she drives off in his car.
1: And. Fuck <laughs> okay, it, Diane! <I> loved, <laughs> this messy,
0: crazy bitch just is like, bye. I Fucking love Grand it.
1: Theft Auto.
0: <laughs> fully justified cliff can walk his ass home yeah. fully justified if look ladies, i look
1: out a tv but Diane ain't got a fucking car
0: <laughs> ladies here's the thing if you are on a date with a man and he non-consensually touches you in a car H-R. in his car you have a right to his car now that's the law that car is now legally yours
1: just leave them on the like I, I- 85.
0: <laughs> that was absolutely Diane's plan. And that is what my girl did. And what a fabulous episode of Cheers that was.
1: It was a good episode. Classic good Cheers episode. I, a few things. Question for you. If you were Cliff, and, and you, if you were in Cliff's situation, and you either had to go on a date with like, Diane, like, and her, like, attitude of, I am going to benevolently do this <laughs> charitable thing and I'm going to, you know, grace myself and do Cliff this favor, which was very much her vibe because Sam, like, guilted her into doing it uh, and it was like, come on, Cl- Cl- Cliff needs a win. And so she bestows her benevolence upon him. Or, like, a reluctant, bribed Carla who does it because she's, like, cleaning up with, like, $300 worth of merch. Which one are you doing? <laughs> Wait, which one would you like to spend the evening with?
0: Carla's a more fun date, period.
1: Yeah. For hands sure.
0: down, Carla's the more fun date.
1: She's getting her own drink.
0: <laughs> yeah. Carla's the Carla, hands down, you are going to have a time with. Carla's not going to go out and have a bad time.
1: Yeah, this is true. Like, she's gonna have fun no matter what. You are allowed to come along if you wish.
0: Yeah. You gave her a, a dud of a fucking date, and she turned it into getting laid. Like, Carla's gonna have a good night no matter what. I'm going out with Carla. Absolutely. For sure. It's For the right sure. choice. Yeah.
1: I don't um, charity, Diane.
0: Exactly. Although I will say that, like, having grown up on sitcoms, as an adult... There really just aren't that many opportunities in my life where I get dressed up and I walk into a room and a live studio audience goes, Woo! <laughs> I don't get enough dog whistles from just a full studio audience. And that's really just something that I feel like is missing in my life that I was expecting more of.
1: It, is this a Shark Tank? <laughs> <laughs> This is my shark, shark take now? idea. Like, we shark take like a... idea
0: live studio audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, we try to AI it until like they can tell the cadence of a joke, and so it'll just do like a little laugh track.
0: Yeah, you'll be the most annoying person at work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but because you'll be the you most will be validated it to
1: only. You'll teach it to only recognize your voice. It doesn't laugh (laughs) at anyone else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that is how AI learned to kill itself. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't, I really don't get enough of that, but I'm curious. We talked about our two adult shows now and to make this so that we didn't just recap two shows. What do you think we can take from those two episodes?
1: I think that you can take a number of things from these shows, (laughs) and I shall list them in the following order. One In 1932.
0: (laughs) Look, I think that the adult sitcoms are, they're a lot less interested in teaching you a lesson. Right? Yeah, it's just it's,
1: wacky shenanigans. It's much way like more the Peter about the wacky one. shenanigans.
0: Yes, it's we are much more about wacky shenanigans. If anything, like the 3's company episodes, there there's no lessons learned because we are doing two dates to the prom
1: every season. Yeah, it, no one learns anything. <laughs> and it's Three's always company. Jack.
0: It's always yeah. Jack. Nobody's yeah. ever learned a single thing on 3's
1: company you know an interesting thing about three's company is like comparing jack to zach morris and why jack is somehow much more likable is even though jack does terrible things the show makes no pretense on ever teaching him anything so somehow that's just more palatable (laughs) 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 to like he just keeps doing the same shit over and over again but there was never any lesson to be learned (laughs)
0: yeah jack's gonna jack
1: yeah whereas somehow zach every episode being like teaching him a lesson somehow just makes it so much worse and it's so
0: much darker
1: yeah sour taste in your mouth (laughs) He never quite never quite makes it
0: where like i think the opposite is true with jack with jack you're like again play the hits again (laughs) like
1: it's doing it because it's so much more like This is why I love, like, old British shows. It's because there's so much, like, skill on display. It's like spinning plates on, like, keeping the tension going until, like, the end of the third act. And, like, adding another thing and another thing. And it keeps going until it finally crashes down. And it's just so, like interesting to watch it's like you're watching a magic trick happening and you, you got that with three's company a lot it has that sort of like yes acrobat acrobatic act going <laughs>
0: um yeah so there, there's not really a ton of lessons to be learned in three's company minor lessons in cheers no, I, I don't think there's a
1: ton there was a time when sitcoms respected people and didn't feel as though they needed to be told what to do.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, like, there's a little bit of a lesson with Cliff in, like, the... Like, he he ends up paying, like, thousands of dollars. It's
1: a very expensive. It's very expensive. he win of... for being postman of the year?
0: And he just gets, like, left and tricked by Carla. But it, to be fair, he tricked Carla to begin with. Like, it's more of a quid pro quo type, like, tit for tat trickery and cheers than it is like the teaching of cliff and i do think it's interesting like we we have less of an interest of like teaching a lesson to adults than we do about teaching a lesson to teenagers in the same scenario anything you feel like you can extract from that sentence
1: so i mean i'll go back to i find it interesting that they make the because they really the teen ones they treat it as though it's almost like a contract like or like it's real estate where like there are claims to your Saturday night and that like if you offer to a gentleman your Saturday night, then the gentleman has a claim on your Saturday night <laughs> and he has he has you know even if, if there's a conflict, well this gentleman has the better claim. And it, I don't know, it's very, I don't know. It, it feels very like Jane Austen to me, you know? Like you're talking about like, like dance cards at an old timey dance, like where you, it used to be like you go to Regency dance or something and you would put your name to be like on, in line to dance with a woman. And so, like, there was a very official, like, list going on. And it's very reminiscent for, like, the way that they lecture Marcia to that era of, like, gentlemen having claim on a piece of property, almost. I don't want to overstate that, but, like, there th- there is that vibe, that sort of like a Regency era, like, rules of courtship. And in the same way, when they taught the boys in the teen episodes uh, there's less of that and much more about like a debt that you owe to the girl in like it's just immoral because like keith partridge when he wants to like renege on his date they're like you're trash we're disappointed <laughs> in you like the entire family yeah, he like has publicly mad shames beef him. with
0: like a redheaded 10 year old
1: yeah it's yeah like all the like the little kids are like you're a piece of shit and they're very disappointed at me let his whole family down you need to go on a date with that girl but i'm really just hoping i I land somewhere with this
0: so here's (laughs) what i'm gonna tell you i am i'm out of steam let's Mm -hmm. land this episode
1: let's land this episode i do have a button what was my button
0: All I want to say before we land it is the only other thing with the Two Dates to the Prom trope is that it has become such a trope and such a staple of sitcoms. We've reached like the meta world of Two Dates to the Prom. This sort of meta version of it you can see in Community when Abed runs the trope for his own amusement. And then, ironically, is taught a lesson that neither of those girls that he was running the trope with for his own personal gain are the girl for him, and it was, in fact, the girl who was helping him run the trope. Very community. And then there's also the Goldbergs that did an episode on this, the most recent iteration of the trope that I could find in a sitcom, where the younger son has two dates in one night, and in order to successfully execute them he watches vhs tapes how he got them i don't know of every episode of sitcoms that has this trope in an effort to prepare himself and i'd like to see
1: that list side, it's often of very difficult to do this research
0: yeah i don't know how he did it i don't know how he did it this is pre-internet baby i don't know and he tries to do it and then he learns that like a thing that none of the other episodes, like, ever broach, which is women talk to each other. And turns out the girls already talk to each other and we're like, oh, wait, what? We're going to the same date? That's not right. And, like, days before the dance, they're like, what the fuck, dude? And so he never Oh, well, that gets happens. The, that, the Partridge yeah. family, yeah, they the women found out. But, yes, it, it, is the, it happens in the Goldbergs. The girls are like she's like literally staying at my house while she's in town I don't understand why you think we wouldn't talk about who we're going to the dance with and so then he successfully navigates two dates to the same dance because he tells them the truth and is honest about why he wanted to go with each of them one of them as a friend and one of them as a date and they agree and so he does it so we get this like meta next evolution of two dates to the dance and that's all I, I got to say about that. Give us our button.
1: Okay, our button. <clears throat> Jessica, you accidentally said yes to two people at your prom. Uh, and you have to find a way to balance them because for some reason you can't let them down easy. How are you going to pull it off? What's your strat?
0: My prom, they're both gay men. They're very happy about the situation.
1: So you just like, they pair off and you go...
0: They're still both very into being my date because it's me, okay? Mm-hmm. We've talked about the specific riz that I have amongst gay men, so they're still, like, both, like, here for me. But, like, there's no jealousy, babes. Like, we're all in it together. We turn it into, like, a throuple date situation.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I literally... So I did have two dates to the prom for Oriental Stars. <laughs> <sighs> fuck what was it called (coughs) stars in the orient okay anyways they i went with two girls because i was gay so Uh, like listen yeah no one's going to get laid tonight let's just we'll all go (laughs) i'll get you both a boutonniere and i got them like a slap bracelet with like flowers attached they're having a special on those it was really fucking cool i already did it i had the same strategy let's just be open and honest and have sort of like an asexual polyamorous relationship and get shit done
0: yeah you're living the dream peter brady could never
1: and yeah you know, they watched me do the elaine well folks that's well, two dates folks, at the prom for you we're
0: landing this plane i'm sleepy And so we are going to land this plane. We're taking it home. Thank you both for being dates to our prom. We're so glad we got to go with all of you. I hope this Uh, night was as special for you as it was for me.
1: Remember to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, threads, wherever you can. And consider supporting us on Patreon. Please us in the show note. And until next week,
0: So long farewell. I'll be the same. Adieu. Because it
1: was on. Because it 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 was on. Great review and subscribe to Because it was on.